Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Sports are masculine by nature, no matter who is playing the sport. Jayolday.com. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going into the beginning of Based on what I got laid out here, I got one, two, three, four, five. This is going to be a six part series on the subject feminization of sports. So, this is a subject that matters to me a lot because I am an athlete. I come from the sporting world, and there are some things happening in sports that I have touched on at different times and from different points here on this show already, but I'm going to lay it all out in detail over the next, of course, it's going to be in detail over the next six episodes. I had to build the case so that you understand exactly where all of this is coming from. So we got to start from the beginning and then work our way up to where we are here today. So that's what we're going to be doing now and the next five episodes after this. It's going to be a six-part series. So I'm going to be up front. Actually, before I do that, let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text. I send out free up charge. Everybody who is in my texting community, if you would like to receive that text, all you got to do to get it is text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. Every day when I send out the daily motivation, guess what? You're going to be receiving it. So just text me at that number and you'll be getting that daily motivation. Now, here's the thing. I'll be upfront and say that the way that I'm going to talk about this is not going to be in a positive way. The fact that sports is being feminized. Now, I've talked about the feminization of men, period. Back in episode 2039, I talked about the worst traits of feminine men. I talked about in episode 1863, how we bring masculinity back after in episode 1841, I told you how men have been emasculated. I also told you how to tap into your toxic masculinity back in episode 1744. So I've talked about these things before 
But I'm going to talk about it specifically from the sports angle and say that I'm talking about this as a net negative for the sports world and not only for the sports world that we have now, but for the future of sports, unless the law of inertia, there's certain momentum moving into feminizing sports, unless some force, outside force, acts to counteract this energy and send it in a different direction, um, the sports world is going in a bad direction of being more feminine. And I want you to understand that what I'm talking about here does not mean I have a problem with women playing sports or women talking about sports or women being interested in sports. That is not what I mean. If you're thinking that way, you are thinking way too shallow. I'm going to go deep and explain this and you will understand it as we go through these six episodes. But it's not that this applies to both male and female sports. When I say sports are being feminized. And if you don't understand what that means, that's breaking your brain a little bit. Just keep listening and you will as you keep listening and learning. So let's get right into it. Point number one. Today's topic, once again, is the feminization of sports. This is the first of a six part series. First thing that you need to understand, and this is a baseline understanding that everyone has to have in order for us to have this conversation, is that sports are by nature masculine. Sports themselves are masculine. The very concept of sports was started by and for men, and sports are still to this day dominated by men. The documented history of sports goes back at least 3,000 years to ancient Greece. This is where sports were used as training grounds for war and for war combat or for men to get ready for hunting seasons or just to train themselves for hunting. And the Olympics themselves started in Greece. Egyptians also had sports. But here's what you got to understand about sports. And the reason why I'm emphasizing that it was started by and for men. Again, this is not against women and it's not against women playing sports. Again, let me build my whole case here so you understand what I'm saying. The concept of sports, to play sports, you need to be aggressive. There's the concept of dominance, competitiveness, forcefulness, ambition, beating your opponent, beating everyone in front of you, proving that you're the best, trying to win at all costs. All of these are traits of masculine energy. All of them. Everything that I just laid out are all masculine traits. If you look up the masculinity scale and the femininity scale, The attributes that you see when someone is in their masculine energy versus when someone's in their feminine energy and all men and women have both poles within them. But when someone's in their masculine, they are doing these things. They are aggressive, dominant, competitive, forceful, ambitious. They're trying to win. They're trying to prove they're the best. These are all traits of masculine energy. So even a woman playing basketball or football or boxing or billiards or whatever sport a woman can play, soccer, field hockey, swimming. They are doing all of these things. They're being aggressive, dominant, competitive, forceful. They're ambitious. They're trying to win. They're trying to beat everybody. They want to prove that they're the best. Those are all masculine traits. So for a woman, any female athlete who's listening to me right now, when you're playing your sport or training for your sport or maybe even thinking about your sport, you are in your masculine in that moment. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? And these are all descriptive of sports culture. Even in female sports, female athletes, you understand this. You have to tap into your masculine in order to perform your best at your sport. This is the nature of the beast, and it's not a negative thing. I like seeing women play in their sport. They're good at it. They got to be in their masculine. You can't win. You can't dominate in sports and feminine energy. A woman can't do it. A man can't do it either. Sports are masculine by nature, no matter who is playing the sport. Now that we got that understood, let's move on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is the feminization of sports, and this is not a good thing. Number two, sports are driven, as I said, by males traditionally driven by very masculine males. 
or males who are very deeply into their masculine, at least in the moments when they're doing what they do. You could be a feminine man, but when you're on that court or on that field or in that ring or in that pool doing your thing as a man, you have to be in your masculine because that's the only way you can compete and win. Women's sports exist, of course. We know that there are plenty of women's sports, but understand that female college sports, and for that matter, some women's professional sports exist because of their male counterparts. For example, some of you may notice, but a lot of people don't notice that a lot of sports, a lot of college sports are subsidized by a few, a handful of other sports. For example, on a big college campus, let's say some school that has a big division one high major college football team like Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, most of the sports on that campus, and there are a lot of them, are subsidized by the football teams. In other words, all the money that Alabama's football team makes, that is the reason why the water polo team and the soccer team and the weightlifting team and the golf team and the lacrosse team can exist because money that the football team generates pays for all those other teams because those other teams are what they call non-revenue sports. I don't know if they still call it that these days. They probably changed the language for no to serve wokeness, but those sports don't generate money. So if you play college soccer or field hockey or you're on a golf team or the weightlifting team, this is both men's and women's sports, by the way. These sports that don't really have, they, you don't draw, it's not like you're drawing a ton of fans and you're not charging a ton of money for a ticket to the game and there's no big licensing deal or TV deal for your team to play their games on television or anything like that. Your sport is spending more money for you to play than your sport is actually generating. If your sport was a standalone business, you would be out of business. Your sport is actually financially insolvent, is what they call it. In other words, you're underwater. You are spending more than you're making. And your sport, if it was a business by itself, you would be out of business. So all you field hockey players, water polo players, golf team members, many of the sports, damn near every sport on a college campus is not generating any money. Football team makes money. Basketball team makes money. And then the tuitions and fees that the students pay. All that money goes to paying and the endowments and the booster money and all that stuff. And the fact that colleges, for the most part, don't have to pay taxes. All of that money, they get saved and brought in. That's what allows the sports to exist. Now, I'm not saying this is a negative thing. It's actually a good thing because a young lady who's listening to this right now, you might attend a college based on the fact that you can play your sport there. You even get a scholarship to play there, to play on a team of a sport that's not even making money. The sport is actually losing money. This is all factual information here, folks. So anybody who's listening to me right now, if I'm saying anything that is new to you and you are in any way, shape or form offended by these things I'm saying, because I haven't even gotten to my opinions yet. We're just stating facts right here. If you're offended by any of these factual pieces of information, you're in the wrong place because this is not a place for snowflakes. This is not a place for somebody who wants to feel like you're being victimized by objective truth. And I know I have a lot of females in my audience and athletes and people who are in the sports world in my audience. I'm not saying this to attack you. But we got to lay the foundation so I can build my case because, again, this is the first of a six-part series. We're just getting started here. So, And I'm not only singling out female sports. There are men's sports as well. If you're on the men's weightlifting team, all right, how's the weightlifting team making money? Y'all ain't selling tickets to the weightlifting meet. And even if you are, the amount of money that you bring in in ticket sales is not even close to how much it's costing you to travel to the events, the food that you get, your scholarship money. The money that y'all make all season in ticket sales ain't equating to the amount of money that each one of you has for your scholarships. It doesn't even add up. Y'all are underwater. Again, so this is not just female sports, it's also men's sports. So 
and going to the professional level, the WNBA, for example, one thing that has been, it's crazy, and we're going to talk about this later on in this series, is WNBA players have made some noise. I've seen this on social media about the fact that a coach got a certain contract, a female coach at that. Some players were complaining that the coach got a certain contract that was bigger than that of the players in the league. The players complain about not being able to fly first class or not having chartered private jets when they travel to and from games during the WNBA season. There's a story written every year about WNBA players having to, as if they're being forced against their will, having to go play in Europe to make more money in the offseason from the WNBA because the WNBA is not paying them enough money, as if they are owed a certain amount of money by the WNBA. When many people don't notice, WNBA has been around for 20 plus years. WNBA has never been a profit making entity. The WNBA, if it was a standalone business left to operate on its own, would have went out of business a long time ago. WNBA does not make money. WNBA loses money. WNBA exists because the NBA takes their profit and they cut off a piece of that money and they give it to the WNBA to exist. WNBA is a loss leader for the NBA. In other words, it's a product that the NBA is okay losing money on because it brings fans in and it makes them look good so that they can sell them the thing that actually makes money, which is the NBA. Which is why there are players in the NBA who make more money than the entire WNBA put together, which they should because the NBA draws more money than the WNBA. This is just a financial fact. And again, this is not an attack on female sports. If there's a WNBA player listening to this or somebody in their camp, this is not an attack on WNBA. If I got the facts wrong, let me know. I have my text number is right down below in the show notes. You can let me know if I got any factual information wrong. The WNBA does not make money. WNBA loses money. WNBA players making noise about the fact that they deserve more money or they deserve better hotel rooms or better flights or they should be getting more in salary or it's terrible that they have to go play in Europe as if it's some terrible, harsh reality that they have to live with. They have to travel the world to play basketball and get paid a million dollars as if it's some terrible lifestyle that they have to live is ridiculous. But this is what wokeness hath wrought. But we're going to get into that later on in this series. But my point here is a lot of women's sports driven by women players, and women are generally more feminine, they are subsidized by their counterpart male sports. Keep that idea in mind. In many instances, on a financial level, these sports wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the male sports. If, again, they had to stand alone on their own financial merits, they have none. On an attention and interest level, the female version of a sport exists because the male version of a sport exists. Women's basketball exists because men's basketball exists. People paid attention to men's basketball, liked it, and said, all right, why don't we let the girls play basketball? And we made leagues for females. This is how the WNBA exists because the men's NBA exists. And I'm not saying this to degrade female sports or female athletes. I'm not going to get that disclaimer too many more times. I'm simply stating the truth and factual information. If that bothers you, you should consider why it bothers you. It ain't because of me. Nothing I said there was an opinion. I appreciate the existence of female sports again. And clearly, there are some great female athletes out there who otherwise, if there weren't female sports, they would not get an opportunity. So it's a good idea that we have them. The challenge is, and now we're getting into this, sports has become more and more feminized. And that is my opinion, but it's not because of the athletes. So all athletes who are listening to this, I'm not blaming you. I'm just laying groundwork here. We haven't even gotten into the meat of this yet. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is the feminization of sports, part one. Sports are traditionally a conservative avenue 
sports themselves are a conservative avenue as opposed to a liberal avenue. And I talked about this in episode, is Dre liberal or conservative? That was episode 2027. If you haven't listened to it, you can go listen to it for yourself where I lay out some key ideas from both sides of that conversation. And I tell you where I stand on both of them. So you know exactly who you're listening to. If you are old enough, you remember, especially in the NFL, for example, after a game, a bunch of football players would gather, even in basketball as well. I remember this happening in basketball. And players would kneel at midfield or at half court, and they would pray with each other after playing against each other in the game. A bunch of football players would just beat each other's heads in for two hours, would kneel in the middle of the field after the game, and they would pray. Basketball players would get together after playing against each other for two hours at center court, and they would pray with each other. Those of you who are old enough remember this happening, and they would show it on TV. Now, I don't know if it still happens. I don't think it happens as often as it used to, but whether it's happening or not, we don't know unless you're at the game because they don't show it on TV anymore. I want you to just keep that in mind and think about why that is. Sports has been traditionally a place where race, background, and whatever other social differences simply did not matter. It didn't matter where you came from. Didn't matter if you were rich or poor. Didn't matter what side of town you were from, black or white, what your orientation was. Nobody asked. And for the most part, nobody cared. Nobody cared who you voted for. Nobody cared what side you were on of any political conversation. None of that stuff even mattered in sports traditionally. The only thing that mattered was who's the best performer and who's winning on the scoreboard. Just like we talked about yesterday when I told you how DIE is the enemy of high performance. All right, sports is a high performance entity. It is a performance based business. It is a straight up meritocracy. It traditionally has been that. All that matter is who can perform and who's winning at the end of the game. It was all about the objectives, black and white, scoreboard and outcome. The bottom line was all about what? Winning. That's what sports is about. It's about winning the damn game. That's why we keep score. Female athletes out there, female coaches, mothers of athletes, parents of female athletes. All right, do you agree with everything that I'm saying here? At least this point right here. Maybe you didn't like the previous point, but you got to agree with this point, right? These are all traditionally black and white, meritocracy, winning on the scoreboard, being objective. These are all traditionally conservative values. And you let the NAACP tell it. These are traits of white supremacy. Now, right, y'all remember that episode where I told you that? I showed you that document, right? Where I told you to go look up that document, the NAACP, traits of white supremacy. Look it up. Traits of whiteness in America is actually what it was, not white supremacy. Traits of whiteness in America. For those of you who weren't listening to that episode, I remember this because I told y'all to go Google this. Go look up this thing. Go look up. It was the NAACP Traits of Whiteness in America. And they have a list of all these traits that are allegedly traits of whiteness. Things like having a sense of urgency. Things like emphasizing being on time. Things like being objective. Things like trying to win. Things like being accurate. They were all laid out as traits of general traits of whiteness. And I read this. I remember reading this here on this show in an episode and saying, damn, well, I must be white because these all sound like principles that are working on your game philosophy, being objective, being accurate, trying to win, all right, measuring your success. These are all whiteness, allegedly, which is, is garbage. I'm, this is all tongue in cheek what I'm saying here. But these are all I'm not tongue in cheek when I say this. These are all traditionally conservative values of winning black and white objectivity measuring success. Athletes didn't talk about politics, the government, or many social issues at all for that matter. And we would look to our athletes to tell us about one thing, which is what? 
sports, their performance on the field or on the court. That's what we wanted athletes for. That was the box they were in. They were happy being in that box. That's what they did for a living. If you know a lawyer, you talk to them about the law. You don't talk to a lawyer about what a football team should do. And you don't talk to a football team about what a lawyer should do. Everybody understood their role and everyone was happy playing. And we look to other people, more qualified individuals to tell us about the areas of life in which they were qualified. This was all fine. Everyone was good with this arrangement. What happened was things started to change in more ways than one. And that's going to lead to my next point. And we're going to get to that tomorrow. So I'm going to build this whole series out. Again, this is part one of six. So let's recap today's class, which is part one of six, the feminization of sports. Again, I'm telling you all up front, I'm not talking about this. This is not in a positive way. This is not a good thing. I'm talking about this as a net negative of the sports world, which is laying the foundation here today. Point number one, sports are by nature masculine. Male and female sports are masculine because you are all about competing, dominating, being forceful, ambitious, winning at all costs, proving that you're the best. These are all masculine energy traits, male and female. Point number two, sports are driven by males, traditionally by masculine males. Even women, when they are doing their best in sports, they are in their masculine energy. And many female sports, professional and college, exist because of their male counterparts and sometimes are even supported financially by the fact that the male counterparts exist. But you don't hear too much news about that because the supporters of the women's sports, let's put it that way. Let me not say the women. The supporters of the women's sports would yell victim and scream bloody murder. So you don't hear about this fact too often, but it is a fact. You can look it up yourself. And if I got it wrong, if I ever get a fact wrong on this show, you are 100%. I'm obligating you to call me out on it. Point number three, sports are traditionally conservative. You're old enough to remember. You remember athletes after a football game or basketball game, players from different teams gathering together after they just beat up on each other for two hours, kneeling at half court or midfield and praying. And when's the last time you've seen that happen? Does it even happen anymore? And they used to show it on TV. Now you never see it. In the sports world, it's traditionally been a place where race, background, other social differences did not matter. The only thing that mattered was who's the best performer and who's winning on the scoreboard. And these are all traits, according to the NAACP, traits of whiteness in America. They had a document that they put out in the summer of 2020 that said this in no uncertain terms. And I told you all about that document. You can look it up. You can still find it. They scrubbed it off their website within 24 hours because of the backlash that they got. But the Internet doesn't forget anything. The receipts are out there. Look it up. You can find it. Any of you looking for it, can't find it. You text me and I will tell you where to go find it. We used to look to our athletes to tell us about sports, not anything else, because that was their area of expertise. And we look for people who are experts in other areas to tell us about those other areas. And that was a completely fine setup. But then things started to change. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about what those changes were. I'll see you tomorrow's episode. So first of all, text me to get daily motivation. My number is 305-384-6894. And work on your game university. That's where you can work with me directly in my Bulletproof Mastermind, my third day mastermind. It's at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Tomorrow, we'll get into the next step of what took place and why. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.